Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello friends, Roto World Josh Norris here, back with another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast, the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you to all of our subscribers out there, all of our readers, and all of our viewers, all of our listeners, all of you. Um, by the way, Sunday noon Eastern, Roto World Live, presented by Kia. Myself, Rich Rebar, Ray Summerlin, Roto Pat, Evan Silva, will be there to help you set your optimal lineup. Also, as you know, this podcast comes out every Tuesday, Thursday, and obviously today, which is a Friday. What else should I say? Uh, that's it. That's all we got. I also have Evan Silva on the phone with me. Uh, so, Evan, our guy Tyrod Taylor has probably the most favorable matchup of the weekend. Uh, obviously, it's a very, very thin week in terms of streamers. He might not have anyone to throw the football to. But I'm guessing you're a fan of Tyrod versus the Bucks. Well, he has LaShawn McCoy to throw the football to. That helps. Yes, yes, it very much does. Um, and he also has Nick, Nick O'Leary. Don't sleep on Nick O'Leary. <laughs> he has 29. I am. I 29 am. Charms. He's a second percentile spark athlete. He's awful. However, he won the Mackey Award at Florida State. He was created by Jameis Winston, of course. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor has a lot of positive uh, data points beyond Nick O'Leary working in his favor. Uh, he has thrown 16 of 23 touchdown passes since the beginning of the 2016 season in home games. The Bills' offense and their defense, really, it's crazy how broad their home and road splits are. Again, Tyrod Taylor has thrown 70% of his touchdown passes at home over the past two seasons. I know that a lot of people in the fantasy community are, they want to, they want to like dismiss home and road splits, but I think that that's making a mistake. I mean, it's, it's dismissing a, a big edge that we can have. And then if you look at the, the, uh, the amount of fantasy production that the Bucks defense, which by the way, is traveling from Arizona last week, all the way to the Ralph in Buffalo this week, they gave up the quarterback three overall week to Case Keenum, quarterback four overall week to Eli Manning, quarterback six overall week to Carson Palmer last week on only 22 attempts. Tampa Bay has allowed the NFL's third highest completion rate and fourth highest passer rating 
and I, and I think that because LaShawn McCoy figures to be his primary passing game target with all these dudes injured, Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy are playable in the same season-long and DFS lineups. I think that I'm going to play both of these guys in my cash lineup this week. What if we wanted to play a receiver? Um, would it be Jordan Matthews? Would it be Zay Jones? Evan, I think Zay Jones might have one of the more disappointing seasons that we've seen from a player. I mean, obviously he's a rookie. Obviously he was a late-round pick in many drafts. But, like, the opportunity, maybe not the targets were there, but just the opportunity of being a starting wide receiver on this team that has nothing there at that position, um, he's done absolutely nothing, which is interesting because I thought he was kind of, quote-unquote, pro-ready in many ways coming out of ECU. You did. Why did you think that he was pro-ready? I thought that if they put him in the slot, that's where he performed the best. He's not playing in the slot. Yep, so that's the major issue. Yep. And so uh, we were looking at Nick O'Leary and we were looking at no one else. That's disgusting. All right. Anyways, we're looking at Tyron. We're looking at LaShawn, as you said. Uh, let's move on to Derrick Henry. Evan, this is an interesting one because, and I'll, I'll let you outline both situations here, but there's a different situation for Derrick Henry if DeMarco Murray is going to play and potentially start. And then there's a different situation outlook for Derrick Henry, if it's just Derrick Henry going to be running the football against the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is true. I think that Derrick Henry may be the best bet here, regardless of DeMarco Murray's status. First of all, we should give respect to the Browns' run defense. I mean, they have limited enemy running backs to 2.9 yards per carry so far this season. Danny Shelton is playing really well. Uh, I mean, they have like a pretty solid front seven. They have been unable to generate pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, I, I really don't even know what what the, they should. Their defense should be much better than it is, Josh. I mean, what do you have any feelings on their defense? Uh, the Browns. I think Greg Williams just yeah. absolutely sucks at his job. Just Dude. is is the worst. I'm not even kidding you. Like. Uh, Greg Cosell has been saying that for years and he is not, he has not been saying that like Greg, like Greg Williams sucks, but he's been saying like his defenses, whether it be, you know, with the Rams or the saints or, or the bills, these defenses are prone to coverage bus. Yep. Absolutely. And, that, and, and, and that, you know what that is? That's giving up big plays. And, and that is exactly what most coaches want to avoid. You know, you look at like Rod Marinelli, you look at Vic Fangio, you know, some of the best, you know, DC, Sean McDermott, some of the best DCs in the entire league, their number one, Bill Belichick, their number one concern is with giving up big plays. So and to, no to me, one, Evan, and no coordinator is more prone to giving up busts and big plays yeah. than Greg Williams. Yeah, and it gets back to kind of like the four pillars of football or like how to win a football game and creating and preventing big plays is absolutely one. To me, it just doesn't make sense why you draft your Bill Peppers, who most recently at Michigan played kind of in that slot linebacker role closer to the line of scrimmage where he did his best work and then ask him to play center field free safety. Makes zero sense. (laughs) All right, so... I totally agree with you, but can I play like a small devil's advocate? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think that Greg Williams wants 
Jabril Peppers to be his Darren Sharper and or Roman Harper. I just I, I just don't know if Jabril Peppers' game matches that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I understand he wants a player like that, but then to me, why not just take like if Malik Coker at number twelve? Malik Coker, was there. right? Yeah. But but look, that that's re- revising everything, and it just seems like as you said, miscommunication is a big part of that. Um, and mm-hmm. it's it's like late shifts with a very young defensive unit. What's crazy though is Evan, like as indiv- as individuals, a lot of these defensive players and not just first round picks, but second, third, fourth round picks are playing well. It's just as a unit, as you said, one coverage breakdown equals a 40-plus yard touchdown. And so it's just over. Yeah. So we the, the entire point of this conversation was to discuss Derrick Henry. And uh, we definitely wanted to uh, give respect to the Browns' run defense because they've been very good. I mean, they're you know holding enemy RBs to 2.9 yards per carry. It, it really doesn't get a whole lot better than that. I mean, that's second in the league. They're very much a pass funnel unit. So when you look at the matchup, it doesn't even look that hot for Derrick Henry. However, this game I think is going to be close. And Derrick Henry last week outtouched DeMarco Murray 20 to 16. They both played the same number of snaps DeMarco Murray was hobbling on the field with his bum hamstring, which, by the way, I went back and looked at when was the first time that we had a blurb on uh, DeMarco Murray about his hamstring? Because this is I mean, this has been an ongoing issue. It was on August 2nd. And we are now at October 20th. This is over two months that this has been an issue. The Titans have not. You know, let let him, uh, you know, rest. I mean, I think it's because DeMarco Murray knows that if he, if he starts sitting out, he's going to lose his job to this bad MFer right behind him on the depth chart. What, what do you and, and, you know, sometimes you and I, Josh, we disagree mm-hmm. on the talent of certain players, especially like at running back. I mean, we've had back, our disagreements. Yes. Yeah, I mean, running back is a very difficult position to evaluate. Yep. And, you know, we we all we have our biases. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I know exactly what you were looking for when you when you're looking at at RBs. Do you know what I'm looking for when I look at RBs? Um, I think you prefer bigger backs who are also athletic. Yeah, and I think that you prefer RBs who beat that first contact. Yeah. Create yeah. yards on their own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I also, I also get very excited by RBs like Marlon Mack. Yeah. And I, I'm a bit wary of guys like that. And mm-hmm. these are past discussions in April because I think it's kind of a situation dependent, but uh, I've, I've become, and we just opened the conversation with this. I've become more and more in tune with players who create big plays and how meaningful they can be. And Marlon Mack yeah. is certainly one of those as well. But Evan, I think that you and I side on exactly the same side with Derrick Henry, yep. which is the only correct side there is. It's only the true side there is, which he's really good. Yeah. So we think he's awesome. He's really so we, good. All we want to do, all we want <laughs> is a week where we can pay 5,700 on FanDuel for a guy like this to get 25 carries against the Browns. 
And yes, we, we honestly have true respect for the Browns run defense, but we think that a dude like this, he can overcome something like that. I mean, did you see that run that put away the Colts last week? He is a special human being. There are only a few cats like that on this planet. And he is one of those cats. And I want to see him do that 25 times in a game. And even if DeMarco Murray does play in this game, let's say a little bit in the first Mm -hmm. quarter, a little bit in the second quarter, this should be a game script that absolutely favors the Tennessee Titans, no matter what, Mm -hmm. right? If it doesn't, it's, it's a shocking development. So what we saw with Derrick Henry last week, and I believe what the beat writers have discussed this week, and it's what Sigmund Bloom and I, and even you and I, Evan, prior to Derrick Henry's 2016 draft, was saying, hey, consider him just a closer on a team, at like the very worst that you get. And all he does is go out there and turn three-yard runs into five-yard runs, five-yard mm-hmm. runs into eight-yard runs. I mean, if that happens, and again, there's positive game script, the Titans are up 10, 12 in the fourth quarter. You're going to see 10 carries for Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter. And then as we saw against what in his last game against the Colts, he can turn one of those six yard runs into a 60 yard run quite easily. Yep. Uh, By the way, I think it's fascinating. I just realized this. The Titans have like a history with running backs with the last name Henry. Can you name two others? Travis Henry. Yes. And Colorado, big back, only like one or two or three productive years in the NFL. Uh, Chris Henry? You got it. There you go. And wasn't there another Chris Henry, too, that was like an absolute bust out of Arizona? And they drafted him as well. Jeff Fisher Fisher loved him. Yeah, they drafted him as well. He he ripped up the combine. Right. He had like more fumbles than carries in his college career. (laughs) I remember that. It's just, it's odd that they have... uh, you know, just this turnstile of, of the last name. Anyways, let's go to one more Hunter Henry uh, with the San Diego Chargers. Evan, we talked a few weeks ago that it's kind of a passing of the torch with the L.A. Chargers moving on from Antonio Gates and incorporating Hunter Henry more and more often. And we saw that last week, especially in the fourth quarter, where Hunter Henry was almost the focus of the offense. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's he set up for success right now. And uh, I did a, a podcast with uh, Adam Schefter uh, earlier this week. And he asked me three dudes who I think who can really like explode in the second half of the season. And Hunter Henry was on that list. The, the other two guys, by the way, were uh, John Brown mm-hmm. and uh, Des Bryant. I mean, Des Bryant is kind of an obvious guy, but I wanted to throw in like uh, John Brown because I don't think that people value him enough, but I think that people still don't value Hunter Henry enough. Uh, as a guy who, over the past two weeks, has played almost 80% of the Chargers' offensive snaps. He's running about 30 routes per game. That's right where you want your fantasy tight end to be. And he's uh, going up against a Broncos defense that will take away your wide receivers with their cornerbacks. They'll play a lot of man coverage. But they will they will have severe gaps uh, against tight ends. I mean... You know, they will have like uh, inside linebackers passing off the, uh, the, the tight ends to, to safeties. And, you know, that, that's an opening for a quarterback to exploit. So uh, with the usage uh, where exactly where we want it to be in the matchup, 
being very favorably in Hunter Henry's favor, uh, I think that Hunter Henry, he, he's, he's good to go pretty much regardless of matchup moving forward. Uh, Evan, you've always been really good at helping the younger people in this industry um, find opportunities. So it's really nice of you to do that for Adam Schefter as well. So that was a cool podcast you were on. By the way, all of you out there, thank you again for listening. I'll have Rotopat in the moment. But if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you should go ahead and do so. I am talking to you, Jaden and Jameson and Jamie and Jessica and James and Joseph and Jax and Jack and Jarrett, all of you. Please go and subscribe and even rate and review if you feel like it. Thank you, Evan. I'll talk to you on Sunday on Roto World Live. And after the break, Roto Pat. All right, we are back with Patrick Darty. You can find Pat's rankings over at rotoworld.com. They aren't PPR, they aren't standard, they aren't half point PPR. They're a mesh of everything because Pat is here to please everyone. Uh, Pat also joins me on Sundays at noon Eastern for Rotoworld Live. Be sure to check it out. Facebook.com slash Rotoworld. Pat, my opening question to you is this What superhero was your favorite as a child? Oh boy, this is one I actually have a very obvious answer or a very clear answer to for once. Um, this was before it was cool too. I was a Batman fanatic. Like this was before the Dark Knight trilogy. This is for Christopher Nolan brought the Batman franchise into this the twenty first century. Batman. No, I was not movie Batman. I was into cartoon Batman. Man, that, that show was fantastic. That show was amazing, and I was into like all the Batman toys. And to be honest, I was actually into the Adam West Batman show as like a little child. I would my mom would tape it for me every morning on a VHS. You, you can look it up on Wikipedia what a, a VHS I'm, was. I'm, I'm fairly old. But, no, I don't mean you. I meant the audience. Okay. You're you're past your. No, don't too. worry. Our 18 to 24 demographic is like tiny. It's the same like size <laughs> as our 60 to 75. Anyways, yeah, I had my mom tape the Batman Adam West Batman show every morning and then I would watch it the first thing when I woke up I was a Batman fanatic is it is it because of like what everyone's standard verbiage is now that well he has no superpowers he's like a regular person that's why he's my favorite superhero no I don't know this is before yeah I don't know this is before they tried to make Batman gritty or whatever he was just Batman he was cool and yeah he was just doing the right thing you know uh beating up baddies so I I have wanted to go back and watch that animated series though. I think it might be on Netflix or something because it it always seemed to be darker than I should be watching. I I could tell at the time I I didn't comprehend all of it. You know? Yeah, what it I mean? was definitely dark for like a four p.m. afternoon right. <laughs> cartoon after school. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you didn't ask, but mine was Colossus from X Men. Like you know you know when you went to like a pizza place like Chuck E. Cheese or a bowling alley, they always had like the X Men four player video game. Uh, yeah. Like arcade game, and I was always choose Colossus. X Men was one of those things that was like super popular, like amongst kids at school that I just like never got into, and like would occasionally pretend to like. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, sure, X Men's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A big, a big X Men fan over here. Uh, okay, so we are here to pick on Pat's rankings. Uh, Pat, first off, I need to start with. Uh, I'm guessing Taewon Taylor is wide receiver 69 because I don't see him in your top 68 here on Roto World. He's so high that he can't be seen with normal human vision uh, is how <laughs> high I have him in the rankings. So unless you have 
21 vision 2020 won't cut it you can't see how high uh he is in my ranking so that that would explain that uh taewon taylor is my favorite superhero uh certainly not a gimmick player uh all right pat <laughs> let's actually get started here for once uh let's open with jay ajayi who you have as running back seven uh i know he had a ton of touches last week put up a whole bunch of yards but pat this is still a running back who has not found the end zone this season He's not found the end zone, but he has 51 carries over his past two games. Uh, he has 25 or more carries in three of five games, which is pretty insane. And kind of weirdly, the Dolphins running game kind of got in sync once Mike Pouncey went out last week, which probably is just a coincidence. But the commitment cannot be clearer to Jay Ajayi, and you know they need to lean on him more than ever with Jay Cutler. You know, not really showing a whole heck of a lot. And uh, the Jets are a good matchup this week. Uh, I think it was, wasn't one of Ojai's bad games against the Jets. I think it was. But they're a very approachable run defense. 4.6 yards per carry, almost 140 yards per game. So just so that commitment to Ojai and a solid matchup. And I think th- them kind of like slowly getting in gear. I don't really have any hesitations about having Ojai in the top eight. Yeah, you did mention it on September 24th. Uh, in week three, obviously the Dolphins' second game, uh, they lost twenty to six to the Jets, and he had eleven carries for sixteen yards, two catches for nine yards. So, obviously, so think of how bad the Jets' run defense <laughs> stats would be if they hadn't eliminated Jay Ajayi yeah. in week three. So, yeah. someone would do the math. We'll put Reeves on it. Uh, you also have James White at running back thirty-six. Obviously, the Falcons face the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. The last time these two teams faced, James White had a heck of a performance. We obviously know that was in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, they were down by a ton of points in that game throughout. But, Pat, I might say that they could be in the same situation this week. So this is too low he, is what I'm saying. I, I know that he caught 478 passes in the Super Bowl, <laughs> and it's not a bad matchup, but... He's barely in the top 50 in standard leagues. He's barely even in the top 25 in PPR. And he's been catching a pretty decent amount of passes. But just like, what are the touchdown odds of James White? It's just, the upside's just still fairly limited. And the floor is kind of it's kind of lower than it should be. I mean, he has these huge games sometimes where he catches like seven or eight passes, but then he doesn't score. And then he has games where he just gets like five touches for like 30 yards. And despite, uh, again, setting the single season, not just single game receptions record to James White in the Super Bowl, uh, the Falcons haven't been particularly vulnerable to pass catching running backs this year, kind of in the middle of the pack. So just don't think I've seen enough from James White to really rank him any higher. Uh, despite the theoretical shootout in Foxborough. Uh, you also have T.Y. Hilton as wide receiver 20 this week. T.Y. and Jacoby Brisket uh, have had a really nice combination so far in recent weeks. However, he faces the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars obviously boast two fantastic corners and a defense that loves to get after the quarterback. So at Wide receiver 20, you are absolutely starting T.Y. Hilton in practically every single league. So how do you have confidence? Well, I mean, I'm ranking him. I feel like I'm ranking him pretty low relative. I, mean, I, know, I think he's but, like, in, he's think he's like in the top two. five in yardage. And uh, he averages 84 yards per game for his career at home. So I, I thought 20 was a pretty decent hedge because, like you said, uh, it's a scary matchup. A.J. Boy, uh, Jalen Ramsey. 
And Brissett, you know, would kind of start out hot against the Titans, and then it seems like they kind of really started coming after him, and he finished very cold. Uh, I think he completed, like, I had a bunch of positive tweets about him, and then he completed, like, two passes the final 35 minutes of the game. So that was great. But, I mean, there's just, realistically, there's only so low you can rank T.Y. Hilton at home. You just, it, like, even if, it sets up very poorly, which you have to allow for some upside. I mean, these are superstar players, and he, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a law from God that he's going to get shut down by the Jaguars' cornerbacks. So, I think I think wide receiver twenty is an appropriate hedge. You also have Randall Cobb as wide receiver forty. He's facing the Saints, and obviously the Saints' defense has outperformed many expectations, and obviously he's now playing with a. Different quarterback in Brett Hundley, but at wide receiver 40, that means he's after names like Martavis Bryant, Robbie Anderson, Ted Ginn. Obviously, Ted Ginn's ranked higher. Uh, Eric Decker, Terrell Pryor, so on and so forth. Uh, Pat, I actually think that Randall Cobb could have a very nice game because if they want to make things easy for Brett Hundley, he's obviously the one closest to the line of scrimmage to possibly catch a ball. So wide receiver 40 seems a bit outside, a bit too late for me. It's not a bad theory you just had there, but I mean, Randall Cobb, you know, seemed like he played hurt almost all last season. Finally got healthy. It came out really strong in weeks one and two, but then in week two, he injured his chest. Then he missed the game. And since then, you know, he's been kind of like last year's Randall Cobb. He's averaged only like four catches for 34 yards in three games since he got hurt. You know, now Aaron Rodgers is out and just think, yeah, I don't think that this is not going to be a three-receiver offense for fantasy anymore. I think only at max, only two of these Packers receivers are really going to be like the top 24, top 30 guys we're used to seeing. And we know Jordy Nelson will be one of them. And Devontae Adams is just, I mean, aside from the kind of week one and two this year, uh, Devontae Adams has been kind of ahead of Randall Cobb for a while. And the new quarterback does you know kind of throw that into question. But since since Adams had the edge before, I will give him the advantage right now and yeah, I just uh, I don't see uh, a lot of reasons to love Randall Cobb this week. All right, Pat. I have reasons to love you, so that's all that matters. Thank you, Josh. Uh, uh, and I will talk to you on Sunday on Roto World Live, which is at what time, Pat? Um, it's at <laughs> a one one no a noon Eastern. A noon noon, noon Eastern, Eastern, eleven Central. Your time. That's right. So I'm always, you know, it's, you know, you don't have no idea what a disadvantage that is. Always having to translate in your head. Well, I mean, you're a just whole, a lesser human a whole hour. I have to translate that whole hour every right. single time. You're, I mean, you're a rung below us East Coasters. I just say that was really just in protest of. Uh, I was trying to sabotage the promo there because I was very sad that you were back on the show last week. Wow. Um, wow. So. I, I, there, there was something last week where we made fun of each other. And actually I, I heard from people that they laughed at home, but neither of us are funny. So no, I don't know how no, that would be possible. No. <laughs> uh, all right, dude, I'll talk to you on Sunday. I will talk to all of you on Tuesday with Raymond Summerlin's episode, trying to fix your teams after disastrous week seven. It's in our future and until then. See you all soon. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.